So many times I've heard people take Ephesians 3.20 and say, well, what is the power of God that he's talking about here that works in us? If we look at Ephesians 3.20, now unto him, to God, that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. That power he's speaking of is the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit guides us into all truth, teaches us all things, reminds us of everything Jesus says, and shows us things to come. I'm quoting uh, from John chapter 14, verse 26, and John chapter 16, Verse 13, there are things that we would plan that would not work out at all. But when God tells us to do something, we see often miraculous things happen far beyond anything that we would ask or think. In March 2020, when coronavirus really began getting the attention of people in the United States. I heard something from God that seemed impossible. I heard, sell all your old sound equipment. There is an internet website that we have often used to sell high-end sound equipment that we were not using. Audiogone is the name of the website. All you do is list it out there, and they charge a certain fee, a small fee, for you to list the items. This was at the peak of the coronavirus. At least it was at the peak of our learning about the coronavirus. Businesses had shut down. People were ordered to stay home. It was a very unusual, frightening time. It was a time you wouldn't think anything like this would sell. Old sound equipment, home theater equipment, recording devices, speakers, amplifiers. We had several old items from previous sound systems over the past 20 years. But I was sure I'd heard from God to do this. And when I hear from God to do something, to me, it isn't do it now. So I asked Pam Paget to uh, what she is was currently working on, and she had gotten ahead of with publishing the blog, and we were in good shape on books, and there wasn't anything critical in her technical work that she was doing. I said, "Well, this is what I've heard from God." So. I want you to stop everything that you're doing and focus on selling old sound equipment, getting it listed out there on Audiogon. She started listing it, and we were shocked. There would often be three or four different people wanting to buy the same item. We sold about $13,000 worth of old unused old sound equipment that we weren't using and hadn't used in years. 
Let's look at that scripture again. Ephesians 3, verse 20. Now unto him that is able to do, exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. It's the Holy Spirit searching the heart of God to reveal to us what God wants us to do at a specific point in time. I'll show you once again how that happened. I wasn't even thinking of sound equipment. It was just an idea came into my mind that I knew was the Holy Spirit because of having all of these years of experience with God using the Holy Spirit. And the word that I received was, sell all of your old, unused sound equipment. Anything that you are not using, go ahead and sell it now. And it everything sold. Every item that we had sold. One uh, $4,000 item ended up being shipped to Hong Kong. Now the buyer pays for the shipping. But we had things going all over the United States. We even had so much success that Audiogon contacted us and said, do you want to enroll as a dealer because you're selling so many things? And we did not want to enroll as a dealer. We had people contacting us who had bought previous items from us, asking us if we had anything else for sale. That was in March 2020. It was at least $13,000 that we accumulated. We just let it set, sit in the bank. And then in June 2020, I had we have two old cars. My car is 25 years old. Pam's car is 17 years old. I was considering getting the front seat passenger side upholstered in both cars because I've had a lot of uh, broken bones and it's very hard to sit on certain objects. So I was considering the upholstery and I clearly heard a word from God. I was thinking about, well, we could put uh, upholstery on the old car, the 25-year-old car, and then I thought, well, we could put upholstery on the 17-year-old car, and then I heard or you could just buy a new car. I hadn't even considered buying a new car. And yet, the house in Texas sold. There was plenty of money to buy a new car, pay cash, and have money left over. And I thought about it, and I thought, well, we could buy a new car. And then I had a dream where I had bought a new car. So I, I told Pam about it, and we did go out immediately and select a new car. Once again, this fits exactly with Ephesians 3.20. Now unto him that is able to do, exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, that's the power of the Holy Spirit, who brings ideas to us that we'd never thought of before. As a new Christian in 1975, I was totally persuaded that I needed to get out of debt, stay out of debt, and I was also 
wanting to be disconnected from a very small partnership that I had made with a woman in Dallas who wanted to buy into my business. She had put $6,000 into the business. I wanted to be free from that partnership because I felt she was not a believer. I saw the scripture, Be not unequally yoked to unbelievers, which is in Second Corinthians chapter 6. So I didn't want to be yoked to an unbeliever. So I told God I, I wanted to get free from that debt, but I didn't know how to do it. I went on a buying trip about that time, and uh, it went to New Mexico to buy merchandise for my business, which was an Amer American Indian arts business in Dallas. In one of the locations in New Mexico, there was a Navajo rug lying off to the side of the room, and I didn't sell rugs. I sold jewelry, mainly, and later pottery. But that rug caught my attention. I always prayed before I went out on a buying trip, and I fully expected God to show me the items that I should buy for the business. So, and he always did, by his spirit. He would always get my attention on a certain item and then as I examined it, I would get a stronger interest in the item. So God always led me. In this situation, I didn't deal in Indian rugs, and yet I just couldn't walk away from that rug. So I, it cost $500, and I had the cash to pay for the merchandise. I always paid cash for merchandise. I didn't go in debt to buy merchandise because I felt God had showed me to get out of debt, stay out of debt. So I didn't run my business like most people run businesses where they borrow money and use other people's money to buy merchandise. I did not operate that way. I bought the amount of merchandise that I could afford to buy based on the cash that I had accumulated from the sale of previous merchandise. I bought that old rug. I took it into Albuquerque and went to a business in uh, American Indian Arts business and found a woman who appraised old rugs. And she said to me, Joan, you've really lucked out on this rug. It's a, a very good rug. She said, most people buy these old rugs and they aren't worth anything, but this is a good rug. She said, when you go back to your business, price this rug where it will not sell because it's going to go up in value and you want to just hold on to this rug. So I got back to Dallas. A man came in and I had the old rug just rolled up and lying off at the side of a room. He said, he came in to buy jewelry. But he saw that, and he said, what is that? And I said, oh, that's a Navajo rug I just brought back. So he said, well, let me see it. I said, oh, well, you wouldn't want that. He said, well, let me see it. So I rolled it out on the floor for him. By the way, Edna had told me it was currently worth about $1,500 at that time. 
but to price it at a price it would not sell. She said it will go up in value. So he said, how much is it? And I said, 5000 He just took his checkbook out and started writing a check. And I said, oh, I don't know about this. I really don't know that you should buy this. I always protected my customers. I didn't overprice anything. I always saw that they had a fair market price for the item. But he insisted. He just kept writing the check out. I told him, I said, well, here's what I'll do. I'll keep your check for one week. If you decide within a one-week time that you, for any reason, don't want this rug, just bring it back and I'll just hand you your check back. I won't deposit it. So he left, and I never saw that man again. I took that $5,000, I put another $1,000 with it, and paid off the unbeliever and paid the debt that I had to her and got freed from her. This is the power of the Holy Spirit who is able to lead us in ways that we can't even imagine. This happened again to me in uh, March 2020. During that coronavirus, I had a house in Texas that I had moved from in 2019. I moved to Colorado Springs because I'm 82 years old and had broken some bones and needed help. And one of our church members took, a, took me into her home to live. But as I was being rolled out of the door on the ambulance gurney in Texas in that house, as they were taking me to the hospital, I clearly heard these words, you'll never see this house again. I put the house up for sale. I did not return to the house from the hospital. I was in a rehab hospital. After surgery, I was there for two and a half months. I moved directly from the rehab hospital to Colorado Springs, Colorado, from Texas. I put the house up for sale. It didn't sell. A year and a half passed, and it still hadn't sold. When the coronavirus hit and they were closing businesses, I prayed and asked God, is there anything that I should do about that house in Texas? And I had this strong impression, put the house up for special sale, a one-week-only special sale, and lower the price on it. So I told my realtors immediately to do that. You wouldn't think in the middle of the coronavirus a house would sell when it hadn't sold for a year and a house prior to that. The house sold in two days. It, it's just things that you just, it is definitely exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think by the power that works in us. It's things that we wouldn't even think of trying that God will often bring to our mind by the Holy Spirit. A lot of people just don't understand the way God uses the Holy Spirit. First of all, when we believe, every believer is sealed with the Holy Spirit. And then there are two passages of Scripture that tell us exactly what the Holy Spirit does in the believer. One is John fourteen twenty six, But he, 
the Spirit of Truth, the Comforter, when he comes, Jesus says, he will teach you all things and remind you of everything that I have said unto you. And then in John sixteen thirteen, the Spirit of Truth will guide you into all truth. You might be, you might have all of the thing at one time showing you what to do, or you might be guided step by step. You do one thing, and then you're here to do another thing. Then you're here to do another thing and another thing. So the Holy Spirit guides us into all truth, and the Holy Spirit shows us things to come. Four things the Holy Spirit does for us. How does he communicate with us? It's usually in the form of a thought brought to our mind. It can be a concept. It can be a scripture that answers a question that we have. One time, uh, one of the women in our church group told me a story that troubled me very, very much. Her adult-aged son, I think the son was about 51 when when this happened, her adult-aged son, she showed him the Bible, and he said, Oh, but Mother, this is so legalistic. I was terribly troubled by it that statement and I just turned to God and said this really troubles me what he said really troubles me I didn't think any more about it but a few hours later I was walking through my kitchen and God brought a scripture to my mind and that scripture is in Matthew chapter 7 Jesus said Straight is the gate, narrow is the way that leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. And then I had the concept instantly brought to my mind. The people of the world want freedom to sin, but we who are of God want freedom to from sin that's the working of the Holy Spirit to bring us concepts and sometimes scriptures a man who was in our church group went out into his backyard one day he was about 74 and he had a storage building out there and he had his stuff in the storage building and it was just crammed full of stuff and he thought maybe I should put up another storage building to hold my stuff and the thought came to him why don't you just get rid of the stuff every one of us who heard it knew it was the Holy Spirit instantly we began laughing he did do just exactly that now God knows what's coming in our lives it wasn't long after that before this same man developed very serious physical problems He had no way he could have worked in getting rid of stuff. That was the exact time to do that. And he did what he heard from God. This is the way the Holy Spirit works in us. The Holy Spirit searches the heart of God to reveal to us the will of God. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 2 if you care to look at that. Acts 1, Jesus said to the early disciples before he ascended into heaven, he had already been crucified, 
but he had not yet ascended into heaven. Jesus said to them, starting at verse 5, For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And that's exactly what happens. Think of the examples I've given you. The power to sell that sound equipment. I didn't even have the concept to sell the sound equipment. But after God gave me the idea, I immediately moved on it because I know that's the way God works. Same thing with the sale of the house in uh, Texas. Same thing with the uh, new car. Just in, Why don't you just, or you could just buy a new car rather than upholster the seats of the old car. Ideas like that from God. Jesus says, ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. I've had times when the Holy Ghost the Holy Spirit in me would rise up to answer somebody. That is tremendous power. At one point in my life, in the, about 1982, I was on radio, and God began saying to me, the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God, and he showed me some sins being committed by ministers. I tried to get messages to the ministers to warn these about those sins. But the messages weren't reaching them. I knew that the uh, people the ministers hired, they were intercepting the messages and they weren't getting to the minister. So I gave the message on my radio broadcast, Coast to Coast, naming the minister by name and telling the sin. Then the message got to the minister. Many of the followers of these ministers, there are about four or five ministers, many of their followers sent hate mail to us, to my office. I had a meeting in Seattle at that time, and the radio station manager at Seattle was standing out the, of, outside the door of the meeting room waiting for me. George had always been very friendly to me, but this time he looked totally different. And he said, Joan, you have many good messages. Just speak those messages. If you keep speaking these judgment messages, I don't know what is going to happen to you. We might have to put you off the air. The Holy Spirit rose up inside me and the following words were given me instantly, which I spoke to George. I said, George... If I don't speak the message that I believe to be from God, then I don't have a message, and I may as well be off the air. That happened in approximately 1982. Even as I tell you this story today, I marvel at the great wisdom of God in that statement. Because just think about this. Why do I need to be broadcasting on the air if God doesn't give me a message? If I don't speak the message that I believe to be from God, then I don't have a message and I may as well be off the air. 
because I consider that profound wisdom from God through the Holy Spirit. At that period of time, about half of my stations did put me off the air, and the rest of them left me on until I decided to terminate the broadcast about around 1984. The Holy Spirit brings us wisdom from God, which is always accurate and timely. 1 John chapter 2, verse 20. But ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. Verse 27. But the anointing which ye have received of God abideth in you. And ye need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. Abiding in him means living in the direction that he has given you, doing that thing that he has shown you by his Spirit to do. This is Joan Boney speaking. Thank you for allowing me to share this with you today.